Trajectoria. You know, this is a place where we're talking about love, hope, and a whole lot of faith. But today I want to throw in another word, forgiveness. I am your host, Trajectoria, and we're about to have another awesome show, okay? I hope you guys are ready for this. Today we're speaking on something that is hardcore and hard for many people to do, deal with, or even try to understand. That is the word forgiveness. And as many of us, we have different struggles in different ways for forgiving and walking in love with someone. I think a lot of it has to do with the hurt that a lot of us still hold on to and the damage that it has caused us. Everybody's struggle is very different when it comes down to forgiveness and how they approach it, how they deal with it, and how they get over it. At the end of the day, though, forgiveness is still the same end goal, forgiving and walking in love. Today, I am joined by two awesome people who... You get to hear, get to learn, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but we're going to be talking about the levels of walking in love and forgiving people, especially when the hurt and the damage is absolutely there. So I want to introduce, well, let the ladies introduce uh, themselves and who they are, and um, we're going to go from there. So I'm going to start off with my, my military boo. How are you? Whoop, whoop. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Um, Tell them who you are. So my name is Maron Solomon. I am 27 years old. Uh, I'm, I'm known better as Solomon. That's just, we'll just keep it at that. Um, I've been in the military for a little over eight years now. Uh, currently working logistics. Uh, what I do on my free time or what I've started doing is kind of building uh, my own brand, actually more around self-love and kind of embracing who I am as like a child of immigrants slash brown slash a woman slash military slash all these other labels and identities that I've picked up so oh, okay all right and then we have another guest which is special to me because of the field that she's in and something that she is definitely touching that a lot of people can hear and listen to and relate to Ms. Antley how are you I'm doing well. How are you? I am so good. Tell us a, a little bit about you. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on this uh, podcast. I do appreciate it. And great evening, everybody. My name is Diane Atley. I am actually a forgiveness coach. I help divorced Christian women reclaim their power through forgiving and releasing. I'm also an inspirational speaker and author and a consultant. And it's great to be here. Awesome. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Strong resume. We're going to talk, and I like how you said that you are forgiven. And yes, huge because a lot of people don't want to ever admit they need help in that department of forgiving people. And it doesn't matter what the damage is done. We have a, and I'm, I'm that's, this is anybody, but we as Black people, we have a problem with forgiving because if we think about the generations before us, a lot of times you hear the new generation, the millennials or, you know, this new age group going on, that the forgiving thing is like, I'm not going to be, I ain't forgiving nothing. Y'all did that back then. We're not going to, you're not going to do that now. But I think a lot of people miss the significance of the power it holds when you don't forgive and the damage it really can cause. And one of the questions that I definitely asked you guys was, what does forgiveness mean to you and I laugh as I wrote these questions because I, I really had to ask myself these questions because I've had to go years to really forgive people in order to move along. And for me, the, the meaning of forgiveness is huge. Like mm -hmm. I, I really saw the damage unforgiveness had really caused me the, the breakdown. 
And it's something that I actually do talk about in my book is how I had to forgive my mother in order to birth my daughter. And a lot of people would not get that, but it took a lot for me to be like, okay, why, why I gotta forgive you? And God had to show me, you want me to do A, B, C, and D, but you're still holding grudges over here for things that people don't know, people don't understand. Um, and, and let's be honest, people don't even know you're mad at Mm -hmm. I don't even know you're mad at me so you know, <laughs> we don't give them the opportunity to even say I'm sorry even if that's what we're looking for so um Diana start with you what does what does forgiveness mean to you well for me forgiveness basically means being able to continue on in life letting go without holding any remorse without constantly thinking about the situation or the person without allowing them to have power over you you basically said it Forgiveness equals taking your power back. And that's what I like to teach. Because for those of, those of you who are listening, I just think about it this way. For every person that you have not forgiven, that person has power over you. Right. Now, I know you're probably thinking, but I don't live with that person. I don't see that person. I don't speak to that person. So how can that be? Because it's all internal. Mm -hmm. All that is internal. They still have a, a hold on your heart. They still have a hold on your spirit, believe it or not. They still have a hold on what's going on in your mind because you're constantly thinking about that person. So forgiveness for me, letting go. That's the, that's the core of it. You got to let go. I, I like how you was like the, the power it holds. Like, I just don't think people realize how much power unforgiveness really, like you can't sleep because you mad and they over there sleeping good, rolling over. Ooh. And to you. But yes, because of something that happened that now the team you haven't told them now the team you ain't really gave to God and just really said you know what let me let me let this ride um but then I, I'll get into that after a while <laughs> Solomon what about you what is, what is your thing about forgiveness so I like your definition doc uh, I think for me forgiveness has been choosing healing over vengeance mm -hmm. um because I think sometimes there's the idea that like, well, if I get even with them, I'll feel better. I won't feel as mad. If I get the opportunity to, you know, to, to say my piece or, you know, find a way to make the odds even, then I'll feel good. But the reality is it's not, it's so disappointing. It makes you even feel more emptier. Even if you have the chance to get back at them, you're not making the scales even. First of all, chances are you're going to do something worse to get <laughs> even and then, you know, end some. So it's, Forgiveness is choosing to uh, depend on something or someone bigger than me for that kind of healing versus choosing to take it into my own hands, which has made a, a very, very, very big difference. I like mm -hmm. saying the, the, the vengeance um, because you see a lot of people say, like, forget that, I'm, I'm going to get vengeance. And I have to remember that God says vengeance mine. And one of the things to, which goes to the next question, you know, where does forgiveness start at with us individually? And I think for me, it really had to start at the fact God had to show me when um, I, I speak of my mother a lot because I learned about forgiveness a lot because of her and through her. And we didn't have a relationship for years. Um, I, I absolutely respect the last nine months I had my mom and for me, mother and mom are totally two different things. So for the last nine months, I had my mom and I had to forgive her and I had to love her where she was at. And one of the things God had to show me was 
I can't be mad so much so at the way we was raised because she didn't know no better. And so I had to forgive and understand one parenting don't come with a book. Let's, it just does not. It just doesn't come with a guide because every kid is different. Every situation is different. But I can't get mad at the decision that she made because she didn't know how to make better decisions because unfortunately she saw things and felt things a little differently. And because I was too young to understand, I had this grudge against her. So forgiveness for me really started with the mere fact of knowing that I am damaging my soul because I'm mad at you. And then to be mad at you over something that you really didn't understand yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, she knew I was upset and she has apologized. She apologized a lot and I couldn't accept the apology because I wasn't there. It, it just mentally was not there, but it started with the mere fact that, and I know a lot of people may not believe it, but I had the most toxic wound. And God spoke to me one day and was just like, we're not going to, we're not going to heal this wound until you handle some situations. And that was, you're having this, this much unforgiveness is causing you to be ill. Why would I bless you with something as, as if a child, when I can't even get you forgive the one person who actually gave birth to you. And so that is how forgiveness actually started with me. I had to learn to be like, okay, let me reanalyze life and a couple other things and so I noticed once I forgave her things just rolled from there it just it just went so you know forgiveness starts in different places for different people so that's why I posed that question for each of you so you know Diane what was your what was your starting point well this is going to be very interesting for you because uh, for me forgiveness started with me having to forgive my dad um, my parents have been married to each other. It'll be 55 years, I believe, this year. Okay. So, you know, I have that, that, uh, that example of love, you know, and marriage in my family, which I do hold dearly and important. Unfortunately, my dad and I, our relationship hasn't been that great with me growing up. Um, I'm the youngest of three girls, and I, I couldn't use the, and wear the label of daddy's little girl. Because we just, for whatever reason, we just didn't mesh, just didn't click. And it spilled over into the attempts that I would have with relationships with men. Mm. And looking back, it's wondering why this one didn't work out, that one didn't work out. And I, I, I had my list, well, he didn't work out because of so-and-so and such and such. And ooh, I don't even know why I was with this one because we just didn't A, B, C, D, and E. But when I really did the hard work and really decided to sit down and say, okay, why isn't this working? The core of the reason was because of the lack of the relationship that I had with my father. And I needed to do something about that. I needed to repair that in some kind of way so that I can have a healthy, loving relationship with a male one day. Mm-hmm. And so once I was able to do that, that's when I, God had blessed me to be able to, first of all, dealing with myself. And then after dealing with myself, being able to get into different relationships and even friendships, just having friendships with other people and interacting with other people, we tend to wonder why we can't get along, why things are not meshing with other people. Well, check home first. And home can start with internal and then start with your family around you. Why, what's going on? Probably something in there, there's a disconnect in there. And so for me, that was a disconnect. So forgiveness started with my parents. I uh, 
and I know Solomon shaking her head when you said friendship, because we definitely gonna get with her. But I like how you said that because I um I am a fatherless child as far mm-hmm. as physically, you know, I got God, but I, I was I, I grew up uh, without neither parent, uh, neither one of my parents raised me, but my mm-hmm. grandparents did. So my granddad took that role, and um, as you said, for years I struggled, and I mean struggled with relationships on all levels. You know, not knowing uh, my worth and not knowing who I was. Uh, one of the things that I was telling a classmate, we was talking about um, forgiving from people that we went to school with. And that's one of the biggest things is I did because at the end of the day, we were kids growing mm-hmm. up in a society. You know, I'm a, I'm a, well, born in the 80s, but raised in the 90s and the 2000s. So, you know, that time frame. You know, we, we used to always say uh, sticks and stones break your bones, but words never hurt. No, words hurt. They, that, they do. That, it hurt like a mug back then. And mm-hmm. so I didn't realize how much I carried that on to where, for me, I had to prove a point um, in the relationship. Like, I, I had to prove that I was strong and all these things, and no, we, we really wasn't. I didn't have the correct tools. And so m- missing the mother and the father just absolutely crushed every type of spirit that I had and so trying to figure out those relationships I I you know I don't hold any grudges because you know forgiveness but we didn't know no better um and so I'm with you on that It, it does you have to check home in order to understand that not always outside is the problem you gotta check what's going on within you so yeah, friendship. Yeah, I'm gonna let Solomon take that one. <laughs> where, where, where is uh your forgiveness starting at? <laughs> so it, it's funny actually because, um, if I'm being honest, I think forgiveness started with my family too. Like it started with my dad. Um, and yes, crazy things happened with friendships afterwards that were way more uh to the front of my mind, if you will. But I, it wasn't until like I remember dr- I was outside of Fort Bragg driving down Yakin Road, just, you know, minding my business going to like Sonic or something. And I remember, uh, I think I was like 19 or 20. And I remember being so angry still. And like the same angry kid I was in high school, the same angry kid I was in junior high because uh, of how I grew up and who my dad was and how he was. Like, it was a pretty abusive situation. Like I remember for a solid year, we were in and out of family court, restraining orders. I mean, it was just, it was off the chain. Like, I mean, at one point, I was like malnourished, had to get like an iron transfusion. It was a whole, it was a very intense situation that like um, brought a lot of disappointment. And with that, just a lot of like justified anger. And I remember um, driving down that road and God being like, okay, you, you can't have both though. Like you've been angry for long enough now. Like you, you've, you're, you have a full right to get mad, but you, you have to give that up if you want to get better. And he's like, if you don't, it's going to kill you. It's going to decay everything in you and you need to let that go. And I remember being like, but, but I want to be angry. And I thought, I I thought there was strength in being angry. I thought that was like my rock to be like, I'm going to be tough and can nobody hurt me and da, 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 whatever. Um, I think it wasn't until that point that created like a crack where it was like, you can't have both. You can't have healing and vengeance. At some point you got to let one down to pick up the other. And something came to mind when you were talking about your definition of forgiveness, Shatoria, um, about your womb and 
I think it's a testament of how much God loves your daughter to say that, like, I'm not giving you my kid until you're ready. I'm sorry. Until you're ready to handle her. Like, absolutely not. I will not give you this fragile, precious thing when you're just, you would unintentionally damage her. And um, mm. yeah, forgiveness had to start with one validating my feelings enough to be like, yeah, you, you have a right to be mad at a certain time, but you know what? At some point enough, like, yeah. now you're now you're not feeling now you're just choosing to be angry now you're intentionally being like I would rather hang on to this and make them feel bad or and you're not even really making them feel bad because you're right like they may not even know or care that you're angry or upset at them but you're choosing that instead of yourself and I think the moment you start choosing yourself instead of how you're affecting the other person um that's where forgiveness started for me I, uh, I will say absolutely I agree with you with the uh, I see my daughter because the crazy thing about it when it, it's it's funny how God has plans for us and we never understand it because when we had our, when I got pregnant when I, well when I found out I was pregnant um, two weeks later my mother went into the hospital and we found out she had lung cancer my mother went into the hospital never left and so my mom passed within eight weeks to find out she had cancer and my mother passed on no kidding, the 15th week uh, of my pregnancy, the exact day. And the, the crazy part about it was that is the first day that my daughter was in my womb moving. And my mother had told me prior to her passing a week or two prior to her death when I went to see her because she couldn't talk, but she can um, say, you know, mouth some words. But she had told me then I was having a girl and she was like, she's going to be great. And I'm like, okay. And so I've always felt my mother's presence even after that. So that's why I call my daughter uh, my beautiful ashes. Because, and a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean? Because when I say I had my mother for nine months, I forget, you know, me and my mother had our, our conversation that April of 2013. My mother died January of 2014, nine months. And for me, when I think about nine months is that's how long a mother is carrying that child. And so mm -hmm. my mother carried me through all the infertility issues we had from April until she passed. She wow. really carried me. And so, you know, they also say as women, we carry our uh, our grandchildren because of, you know, the mm -hmm. balance of life and, you know, being women. Um, so, to, and, you know, my, and that was something my mother, she had laughed about. She was like, oh, I can't, you know, I carried my granddaughter and I laughed. But when she passed, that literally triggered in me to where it's like, oh, Oh, now that I, I get what she's saying. So I absolutely take in what you said because um, my mother was a big instrumental and in me getting released from a lot of hate that I carried on and literally um, like even against my dad, you know, I, we don't talk. However, I forgive him and I love him from a distance and I'm okay with it because you know what? I, I have to move on to better my life. So that's the end of the one of the questions in our life events you know how are we practicing forgiveness and that's one of the biggest things is still just walking in love I don't hate you but I'm, I'm going to still walk in love with you because at first by the end of the day I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in mm -hmm. second of all as we speak about vengeance I don't want to see anything bad happen to you but I right. love my peace in my life Period. I love my peace. And in order for me to have peace, I have to forgive you and love you where you at and go about my business. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that, Diana? What is your thoughts? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely correct. Peace is very important. God gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding, but we have the power of giving our, turning over our peace to someone else if we so choose, but I do not choose. <laughs> I choose to hold on to my peace. <laughs> Let me hold on. To, let me hold on. This is me right here. Let me let me hold on to this. Absolutely. We work so hard for, especially going through this journey called forgiveness. We want to get to the other side of our journey so that we can have the peace that we worked for in doing the work to forgive, right? So we definitely don't want to give it away to anybody else. But I'm sorry, the question you that you well, asked is how we how we practicing this forgiveness thing? How how, how are you guys practicing it? I find that God always gives me situations or puts me in situations where it's tested. Mm. And he just did it for me over this past weekend with someone. And I was like, okay, Lord, I understand. Yep, I forgive the person. Mm -hmm, I sure do, because what we're not going to do, <laughs> we're not going to wreck my salvation. No, we're not. <laughs> like, Jesus, that hurt. You, ooh, that hurt. But you yeah, know, right. And it, and it did stung. The situation just sang. And I was in shock. I'm like, mm -mm, let it go. We got to let it go. So life in and of itself will give us situations and circumstances to practice forgiveness. 2020 was perfect. I can't even give you a specific date. 2020, the entire year. The whole year. <laughs> the whole, from January 1st to December 31st. Pick a day. Yeah, yeah. just pick one. <laughs> when 20 was like, I'm about, you, you know, before I go to Solomon, one of the things that I've seen on Facebook, people were saying, especially with the Black families, for Christmas, we need to be giving out forgiveness and some apologies and stop Ooh. saying, throwing things up under the rug. And I think that's a huge testament to the, we don't tell what's going on in our household, but that is our problem because now we have, we have young adults and even, I'm 38 years old. You have adults my age, if not older, still walking around with unforgiveness. They won't talk about what happened because we don't want to defame people in the family. But at the end of the day, Somebody has to be held accountable. And God is like, I need to release you so you can move on and do what you got to do. And a lot of us wondering why we're still stuck right. in a place to where we can't grow. Right. Your blessings are being blocked. They are be they hanging right over your head by God's hands. It's waiting for him to drop them, but he's not going to drop them because your hands are too busy holding on to that baggage. What about you, Solomon? Oh, man. God, dog. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, we didn't so, know we was gonna have church just now. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's it's it ties into my thoughts because I think for a lot of people my age, uh, and even a bit older, like that generation, wasn't aware of what forgiveness was. If that makes sense, I don't think they were. They they knew they were. They were taught like, hey, you can let this go and not expect an apology. And that's an option. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's a, in fact, that's probably the preferred option. Take that, like over waiting for someone to do right by you or, and, and it can be harder um, as far as how I've practiced forgiveness. So uh, I've watched this movie called The Shack. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yes. Uh, isn't it, it's freaking fire, right? Okay. Yes. Do yourself a favor, see it, you will cry. You will cry. Yeah. Um, you will cry. It was brilliant. But there's a scene where uh, the guy has to choose to forgive the man that killed his daughter. Mm. And he like is holding this uh, ladybug and uh, the person who plays God is 
basically saying, reminds him that forgiveness is not a one-time thing. Like you have to repeat it every day, every day, because there's going to be some days where you, you're like, you know what? I forgive them. Like there are days where I like, I'll call my dad and be like, Hey, what's up pops? Like, what you, know, what you doing? Like we, we have just at the December, New Year's Eve, 2019 is when we spoke for the first time in like a decade. First time I saw this man in like a decade, like before, I think the last time I saw him, I was subpoenaed to their divorce trial. Like that's how it was so drastic. And in that moment, uh, there are days where I'm like, everything's fine. And then there are days where certain things trigger me. And I'm like, you know what? Let's jack up. Like, you know, it'll start coming back. And I have to remind myself, like, forgiveness is continuous. Forgiveness is, it's not going to be a one-time fix all. It's not a penicillin shot. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not going to just fix everything in one shot. And what really wrecked my life back in 2020 was Pastor Todd did this series on forgiveness. Forgiveness University wrecked my whole life mm. so he this the sir uh the sermon that really stuck with me was he he was talking about the the three different kinds of three different kinds of uh offenses that could happen right so you have your um the flagrant foul the fail and the frustration so did someone frustrate you when they did something did someone fail you because you had an expectation or did they intentionally hurt you so when he broke that down, I was like, okay, well, I can let go of frustration. I'm good at that. Failure, okay, I can work on my expectations when it comes to people. But the flagrant fouls is what triggers, like, which is sets me through the roof. And I realized, okay, it gave me a better perspective of how to look at forgiveness. It's not a blanket type statement. Mm -hmm. Everything requires its own way to address it. You know, somebody, if somebody bumps my car, I'm gonna just be like, oh, that's jacked up. But you know, nobody died. It's not the end of the world. But if you intentionally break into my car, you know, like now, now I'm gonna be a little upset. Like now you intentionally try to harm me or, you know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. the biggest thing of how I've practiced forgiveness is realizing that it's an everyday thing and that I can't beat myself up or doubt that I have chosen to forgive somebody just because I get mad about it again. I just, it just means that there's something I haven't forgiven and we just got to address it in that moment. Just keep going. Is it little baby steps? I, I, I like how you said that because, and Diane, you also said it, it is, it's a, it's an everyday thing. It is mm -hmm. not a, I'm going to wake up today and I'm just going to forgive you. I, it is a process, especially it depends on how you said how deep the hurt is. It, you know, the, the problem with a lot of us, we give people expectations that are not supposed to have certain expectations. Mm -hmm. um and we give expectation that's kind of above god's expectations and you're like you can't do that like you right. you can't do that to a person because you're setting them up to fail to hurt you because um and so and, and then to be honest a lot of us we look at we look at things on tv and we have this fairy tale thing that this is how things are supposed to be and that is not real life Real life is not set up to the way TV is set up. We can't write, we cannot write a script of how it's supposed to go every day because something tends to change up in that script. This this ain't, this is real life, this is reality. So I, I definitely feel you guys in that, which goes into our question about the I'm sorry word and the person changing because I think the problem that we run into and Solomon, you said it, we are looking 
for the, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I want to hear that. And I had to, a friend of mine, she gave me this mirror and she was like, you want to forgive your parents? You have to forgive them without the expectation that they're going to say they're sorry. I said, excuse you, I'm the child. Hold on. I shouldn't have to, you know, she was like, no, you, you can't. You have to accept them for where they're at and accept their fault and not expect an apology because they may not even be at that level. So with that question is, when we, when we forgive people, are we at that level where we ain't expecting them to, you know, are, are you worried that the person is not going to change their behavior? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> I, I definitely had to get to a point, and I've said this a few times, we have to learn to accept, accept the apology that we're never going to get. I like that. Yeah. You just, you have to. I never got an apology. I had a discussion that was actually an argument, unfortunately, between me and my dad, but there was never that apology that I was looking for. And I had to learn to be okay with it. Sometimes people really don't get what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They really don't understand that that's what they're doing and how it affects another person. And so we can try to spend time, try to spend years getting the person to understand, but this is what you've done or this is how you've made me feel. And they really won't get it or don't get it. And it gets to a point where you have to be okay with that. And with that, accept the apology you're never going to get. Don't look for change behavior necessarily, especially if you don't have to deal with them on a regular basis. Right. If, you, if there's no reason for you to have to interact with them on a regular basis, it's okay. It's okay. Make it, allow it to be okay. Mm. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for yourself. That is the gift that you should be giving to yourself. Is peace with that too. Absolutely. I think we think that, oh, I'm going to forgive this person and this person's just going to be this, that, and the third. No, they're not. It's for yourself. And I it's think we have to remember that when they, when we, when they, when we accept the fact that they're not going to, I wouldn't even say accept, when we just come to the terms that I'm going to let God handle them, mm -hmm. I think forgiveness starts to, to, to turn a different way because I don't have the expectation that you're going to act right. And I don't have the expectation that you're going to say you're sorry. And when mm -hmm. I take that expectation off the table, I feel better because I ain't got that expectation. So, and you know, the crazy part, I've had to put that expectation in my marriage. I mm -hmm. have set to understand there are certain things I do not expect to happen because one, he's not God. And two, he is a person that is going to fail in certain things in certain ways that I may not agree with and vice versa. We're not perfect right. um, people, you know, so it's one of those, he going to fail in something and you shouldn't say that, but it's a reality. I don't want to put him on a pedestal. So when he, I put him on that pedestal and something happens, I'm going to be mad. Well, like, but Jesus, look what you did. No, you set an expectation that should not have been set. Um, so you know, it was one of those things you pray for the person's behavior to change, but mm -hmm. you cannot have an expectation that it's going to change and that it's going to change to give you an I'm sorry. Right. And that's the main thing because God is working on them the same way that they're working on you. So right. even after the, after some of the work is done and you see a change in them, it's probably to bring them to the next level and themselves and what it is that God wants them to what, want them to do. Now, again, whether or not the two of you are going to continue to commune together, be in a relationship together, interact with each other, 
Only God knows the answer to that question. So that's why I have to sit and be comfortable with the fact that when people do things and say things and so forth, I gotta let it go. Can't carry it. Right. That's too much baggage. I gotta like me a cute bag, but I don't want none of that stuff in my bag <laughs> because it just weighs it down. <laughs> then I can't floss the bag properly because you know my shoulder all like this, and mm, we can't do that. We can't do that. You see the means with those different bags, and you know the sad part about it is I see those means where they have the the women is always the black women stepping into the new year with these bags and these baggage, and it's like. At some point, we're going to change that meme. That meme <laughs> is going to get changed because I'm not, I was not stepping in 2021 with absolutely none of that. I'm stepping in 21 with some peace, some love, some forgiveness. Hey, how you, if I offended anybody in 2020, and I really mean that from the bottom of my heart, if I offend anyone, I apologize because a lot of times we don't know. And like you said, right. 2020 showcased a lot of stuff in 2020. That um, was a year of transparency. 2020 vision. That's how I saw it. People thought they were going to get an actual vision. What they got was transparency. Shocked a lot. It shocked a lot of people. Ooh. Mm. It shocked a lot of people because I was sitting here like, oh, Lord. Gonna have I don't want to go outside, God. So when I post this and people started listening, but like 2020 with transparency year. Okay. Yeah, it really was. Right. Let me just go ahead and put a mirror up and just be like, <laughs> that's it. That's for yeah. real. But you know, here's the thing. People... A friend of mine, he actually just, one of my pastor friends, I went to school, we all went to school together, but he posted something that really just touched me. And he he's a pastor, he was like, this is for a sermon, so what y'all get out of it? And it was, a, it was a mirror and an apple was in front of it. And inside this mirror, the apple was clean, it was good. On the back side of the mirror, uh, the apple was bit into. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, it struck a chord with me because I felt like, when I used to look into a mirror, I would see, oh, I'm good, I'm straight. But really, I have my soul ripped in so many ways because I am I am torn because I'm dealing with unforgiveness, faithfulness, mm-hmm. attitude, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, when I saw that picture, it's it's like I didn't have to second glance at the picture to really for it to like literally hit me in my chest. Like I just, you know, it was like, oh, oh, that hurt. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> um, so a lot of us, like, you know, Solomon said with the, with the mirror, a lot of us ain't ready to hold that mirror. We're not ready to hold it and we're not ready to look at it and look at it, as you said, Diane, with a, with a clear transparency of ourselves. We want to take that mirror and give it to someone else and go, look at you. No, 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 I need you to look at you. Right. And what you're missing out of. So, um, yeah, that's a that's a hit. Yeah, y'all just mirror transparency. You know, you know how to say people ain't made of glass, but some of us can see through some things. And 2020 has opened up that. And, and with that, when it comes down to us forgiving people, you know, Diane, you talk about how you are out here. You know, forgive coaching the voice women. How has that helped you? Because we, I've always heard divorce is like death. And mm-hmm. I know a, quite a few of friends who have gone through and have come out. They walk in forgiveness and love. and like, boo, do you. What, 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 are you? what are you providing for women who are going through that? Because we know divorce can be ugly. It can be. Um, mine wasn't ugly in the sense that we were dragging things out in court or had any children involved or anything like that. But it was 
ugly as far as how I viewed myself in the mirror because I considered myself to be a failure in my marriage. I waited until I was almost 40 years old to get married thinking, okay, I waited this long. So, you know, it's, it's going to be good. We're going to be able to work everything out that we can, you know, there's a whole story behind that, but just being able to be there for whomever um, wants to go through the journey helping them to grow through the journey. That's what I say. Don't just go through it, but you got to grow through it. And with that, a lot of letting go of the stuff, a lot of acceptance. Everything was not your husband's fault because we all played a role in it. Now, that part I know people don't like, but we all play a role. Our movie called Life, we are the leading actors in it. Not just one leading actor, you're involved in it too. So what role did you play? So just helping you to actually see what role that you played in it for yourself, things that you could have done different, things you could have said different, so that when you grow through your journey and continue on with your life, okay, these are the lessons that I'm going to learn. Being able to do that, being able to accept the fact that, okay, this situation happened, but God is still here. God hasn't gone anywhere. He still loves you. I know that the Bible says that God is not a fan of divorce, and he's not because he is a fan of relationships. We all know that. But at the same token, I think we look at that, uh, that verse in the Bible and think, oh, my God, he's not a fan of divorce. So he's going to hurt me. He's going to be upset. I felt like I let him down when I was going through my divorce. I felt like I was going to be on punishment. And again, I have a whole story behind that because come to find out my marriage wasn't supposed to happen to begin with. Well, that's another story for another time. We're not going to go there. (laughs) We're not going to go there. But just being able to sit in whatever it is that happened, because you got to sit in it and accept it and deal with it so that you can come out of it on the other side. And all that takes work. You're not going to wake up one morning and shake your natural hair out and go, whoo, I'm healed. (laughs) I would love to be able to tell you that's how it works. I really would. But there's work that has to be done and we have to be willing to do the work. Amen. And with Solomon, you, your forgiveness concept, you know, you out here with the self-love doing you. I'm like, yay. You know what I'm saying? We on that, we on that same level. Right. Gotta love it. Get, gotta oh, embrace yeah. it all. Just own it. You know, yeah, it's just, we, we, we try to get that. Yes. Right. What made you in your, in your walk, um, with forgiveness, you know, now that you on a self-love journey, what has just made you get to this point with forgiveness? Um, so before I answer that, I got a couple of thoughts about what you guys have said that kind of just was like, yo, this is a great conversation. <laughs> um, so I've realized when it comes to forgiveness, um, for me, it's come from disappointment in people and the expectations that I have from them, right? So whether it's implied expectations, where it's like, well, obviously you should have known that, whether it's a parent, a significant other, friend, whatever it may be, it's like, well, you should have known that. Like, that's that's 101. Um, I think it's because I hold myself to such a high standard. And I realize there's even a flaw in that because the standard that I was holding myself to was trying to be perfect, not giving myself any leniency of just like, yo, can you just be human? Can you just stop trying to do everything that just seems like the right answer and just railroading your emotions. Like, what are you doing? Um, I think that's what keeps people in a lot of relationships, even, even in marriages where it's just like, okay, yes, God doesn't like divorce. However, he also doesn't like his child hurting the way you are. Like this situation is toxic. So 
I mean, you want to stick with what the black and white says, or do you want to go talk to him and under like get a specific answer for your situation? Like that matters. Come on. Um, so I think the expectations we set on ourselves can like contribute to not forgiving because we think, oh, well, if I can hold myself to this, why aren't you trying to be the best version of yourself? And now you're just like, well, what are you doing? Why are you projecting your, like, well, first of all, are you okay? Like, I know the pressure put on me to be perfect was crushing. I mean, I remember, uh, like, education is a big thing in in many immigrant households, Uh, but as a college student, the pressure was was put on me so much as a kid that I remember getting a B in college and crying like free mind you this is in the midst of working full time going through some traumatic things uh traveling for work like in the midst of being a fully busy human being I couldn't give myself the grace to just be like yo can you chill out like if you need to forgive yourself and then not even lower the standards but make them more realistic Mm. wow why are you why are you demanding this of yourself what are you gaining um I think Another uh, thing that came to mind was, so there's this book called, you know how they have the five love languages? They also have the five apology languages. Oh. Yes. Why yeah. we both at the same phase, Diane? We both will be like, wait. Yeah. Oh. Let me tell you. So the first one is expressing regret. The next one is accepting responsibility, making restitution, uh, genuinely repenting, and requesting forgiveness. So everybody has their own what works for them. So you could tell me, I'm sorry, not nah, bump that. Like, what are you about to do? You know, like, so maybe I'm sorry is not even gonna do anything. So I think a big thing about forgiveness is also realizing what what is it gonna take if you're in a relationship or whether it's a friendship, a spouse, does that person know how to apologize to you if that expectation is clear? Now, if that if they have no obligation to you whatsoever to care about your feelings or mend whatever offense may have happened, then at that point, you just need to be like, look, I'm forgiving you for me. And if this relationship doesn't work, then I'm willing to walk away. But if that relationship is meant to work, if it's your spouse, if it's your your sibling, whatever it may be, all right, well, I don't need you to say I'm sorry. I need you to say I was wrong. Like, it, there's a difference. Um, check the book out, okay? I'm, I'm uh, yeah, gonna have to I that. that book too. I'm gonna have to post yes. that because I've never heard of that. Yes, ma'am. Uh, it, it's made by the same author that wrote, uh, that wrote the five languages he just co-authored it with some with this lady I forget her name um we don't definitely make sure that gets out yeah yeah so uh as far as forgiveness for me um I've had to learn that forgiveness can't come with strings um and that even if I see somebody suffer it might make me laugh for the moment just a little (laughs) little snicker but it it my heart is still bleeding it doesn't fix me it just take it just drag somebody else down with me so case in point um a big point in my a big factor in life that i had to deal with as far as forgiveness was high school um so i was well plugged into like the church community and the youth if you will um i had been going to this church since i was like a kid like an elementary school and in high school uh that's when i really began socializing with the other teenagers in the church Uh, my brother was like the more popular one or whatever. And they just knew me as his little sister. So um, I start going with going out with this guy while I'm there. And while I'm going out with this guy, I make friends with these other girls that are in the choir. And at this point I'm in the choir as well. 
Um, and we're all, you know, like the, the little clicks that church youth groups have and whatnot. It's ridiculous. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't know till later that the girl who had became my friend was the ex of the guy I was dating. And I was like, oh, should I step away now? Like, if I mean, I could walk away. This, this is still early on, right? And she was like, no, no, I'm fine. Cause she was dating some other guy. And I was like, okay, I don't want to get mixed up. You're dating another guy. You've moved on. You've been dating for him for like a year. Uh, okay, all right, we'll try this. Um, I find out, I think uh, maybe like nine months later that they had a thing going on behind the scenes. Um, and I, I mean, I was suspicious, but I didn't have proof. And the thing about suspicion, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit for our intuition of just being like, that's enough of a reason to walk away. Nope, something is something, something's off. I don't, I'm not committed to this person. So let me, let me just part ways and respect my feelings enough to prevent myself from being in a position where I have to forgive someone. But I didn't do that. So I find out um, it was on a, a Sunday that it was like on a Saturday night that I officially found out. Uh, a mutual friend finally told me, she was like, yeah, they have been talking and whatnot for a good minute now. And then the next day was Sunday and we're all at church. And I remember being so crushed, just so heartbroken. And that was the first time I like, I think I was 15 that I realized you can die from a broken heart because I was so broken and hurt and all of that. And um, I remember it got to a point where it actually started affecting my health. Like I, I started, got, I got a heart murmur. My organs started failing. Like literally my body was shutting down because it was so hurt. So the same Sunday that I came face to face with this friend of mine, she found out that her boyfriend was cheating on her with one of her friends. Now, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this was overwhelming for someone that came from such a like a sheltered-ish background, if you will, as far as like the the social drama. And I mean, a part of me wanted to snicker and laugh, but I was just like, "Yo, I don't care about you. What about me?" Like, I I can't even try to entertain the idea of vengeance because I'm too broken to to handle that. Like, that doesn't make me feel better that you're hurting too. Like, I don't care about that. Um, so for a hot minute, I just had to deal with it because that was a church that we were all going to. I mean, I didn't have a choice. And then on top of that, I found out that everybody knew but me, the youth pastors, every other youth person there, they all knew, all of them knew. No one told me nothing. No one hinted nothing. Like nobody looked out. And I felt so not just hurt, but betrayed. And I felt so embarrassed and I felt like, like how little did people see me? I, you know, it just made me like, it made me re look at myself of like, they really think of me as that like not valuable enough to protect, you know? So from, I mean, it was bad enough that I wasn't in a good house situation, but now I was getting it from a place where I was also getting my faith. So it had me just so angry on so many levels, but more so embarrassed and betrayed. And um, as time went on, I stopped going to that church. I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Because if it just was taking such a, a, a mental toll. And as far as like my physical body, um, I remember the doc giving me like, he's like, hey, if your body keeps going at the pace it's going, you got about eight months because it's, it's crashing and they couldn't figure out what was going on. 
of course I didn't tell them all the little high school drama that was going on, but they, they genuinely, I mean, I was going to specialists. They were just like, yo, what's going on with this kid? So when he told me, Hey, you got about eight months. If this keeps going, I was so happy at the thought of dying that my body got better. Like it was, that's how strong your emotions play a factor. Like your mental state. I was so happy at the thought of, okay, I'm finally going to be at a point where this won't hurt anymore and it won't matter that my body started getting better. I was like, this is trash. Like I can't win. I can't lose. Just, I felt stuck. And I felt like God was like, you're going to have to walk through this storm. Like there's no easy way out. Like I didn't feel like I was getting punished because I didn't listen to my instinct, but I felt like, hey, this is the cause and effect um, of not respecting and honoring your own instincts. So as time went on, um, things were so tense and I never spoke to anybody at that church again. I maybe like onesies or twosies here and there, nobody ever checked up on me. It was just like, I'd never existed. Um, nobody even knew who I was until, nobody recognized me that I had been going to church all those years up until they knew my brother the irony. Um, but as time went on, I remember we had a mutual friend that passed away in October of 2016. Uh, and they were going to do the memorial at the church. So that was the first time I had set foot in that church since I left like nine years prior to that. And I was so like, I don't want to walk in there. I'm gonna sit in the back. I was going with my brother and I was just like, look, as soon as it's done, I'm going to go wait in the car because I, I really don't want to be around these people. Because not one person had apologized to me. Not one person had checked up on me. Not one person. I just, the expectations I thought, the, the people that I thought were my friends, the, the basic minimum of what I think a decent human being should do as far as checking up on someone, like none of that happened. Um, so we go to the memorial, all that jazz or whatever, and... Nobody walks up to me. Everybody just stays far away from me. They're socializing with my brother and whatnot. And I just sat there being like, I'm glad I left because I that that's when I first learned how to draw a boundary of being like, okay, this environment is not good for me. Nothing is changing. I need to step away. However, after this uh, Forgiveness University series all of last year that wrecked my life and came from my soul um, and realizing the that forgiveness is not an option it's a requirement this is like you you cannot call yourself a christian and say you believe in god and and carry this and the idea is not to do it on your own the idea is to say all right god i'm willing to do it if you i'm willing to give this up if you can help me forgive i'm willing to give up this pain give up my valid anger give up all of this give up the disgruntledness if you can cause some healing and help me forgive. So I went from being at a point where if I, if I were to ever see these people struggling in the street, I would walk by and just be like, okay, you can figure it out. To now I can say, I could see them as like another person. I don't, it's not only that I don't wish ill on them. I don't hold what they did against them. Like mm -hmm. in, in my mind, if I was to see them, I just would kind of be like, I would feel bad for them because they don't know what they've done. I mean, granted, what that whole situation taught me is like the consequences of actions, how it's very important to pay attention to what you say, who you say it to, and be aware of the context in which you're saying it. 
So whatever actions you decide to do has ripple effects. Like you're affecting real people in real time that have real consequences. Um, so although it took me up until literally last year to forgive this person or these people that I called friends, best friends, families that I trusted with, like at the most vulnerable, uh, vulnerable points in my life, you know, when I really needed somebody because I was struggling at home, when I was crying and all that, like they weren't there. Um, I think the forgiveness had to come in where I realized that were they worth holding on to versus the future God was showing me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm, no, <laughs> because I mean, these people can live the rest of their lives. I was like, what do I look like? Um, standing in front of God one day. And he's like, yo, that, that hurt is so insignificant to compare to what I have for you. And you chose that for what? Like, was it worth it? Also, they're, pro- they're probably not even thinking about it. It doesn't even matter. It's regardless of where they are in their life. Why am I going to hinder myself for that hurt? And the release that it's given me because it definitely was gradual. It definitely took time. It definitely was like, all right, God, I'm willing to try. I'm trying. And I felt like God was telling me, go ahead and bet on me. Call my bluff. Give me a try. If I fail you, if I don't come through with my word on how I can like help you forgive, then you can go ahead and do what you want to do. And I was Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) <laughs> oh, we can TikTok today, huh, God? Okay. <laughs> and it's a promising journey since, honestly. It's um, I didn't realize how much of a rock and how much that had impacted my friendship with other women, um, relationships, yeah. um, even the impact of hearing their names, like the context of like I, I didn't realize how much it was triggering me still. And I can say now I'm like, okay, we're we're okay. Now, I, I love that because um, it, it shows the vulnerability you have to absolutely say it and just let it go. Because yeah. a lot of people, they just won't speak it. They'll say, I forgive, but they're not, they're not receptive to letting it out and letting it go. Because honestly, I feel we all go through things in life, not for us, mm. but for other people to hear and be like, oh, snap, I'm going through that now. I can utilize that as a testimony. And I've always said, mm-hmm. we go through things in life because it is going to be a testimony. You know, right. I don't, um, the things that I have gone through and stepped foot on in my life, and I'm talking about the ugliness of it, um, has absolutely been the biggest testimony and the, the, the biggest freedom of my life. Um, one of the biggest things was just forgiving a person who, molested me for years and you know when you when you young you you this is how we implement love safety protection mm-hmm. and when that is stripped it can cause such a huge war zone for a person in their mind and physically so that was the one of the things that me and my mom actually talked about was the biggest thing was forgiving the person who i'm talking about straight up to innocence I'm talking about didn't care. And we're not talking about a one-time thing. We're talking about every chance they had the moment to do it. So I, I love the fact of the vulnerability of both of you women being open and saying, hey, 
I had to go through ABC and D to get where I'm at. And now both of you are out here being successful and pouring out, well, pouring into other women to help them grow, help them push, and to know that you're worthy. You're not. Just because you went through that doesn't make you less than. If that's right. the case, a lot of us is absolutely less than. Like, you know, we look at celebrities and think they got it all. They got it all made. But these celebrities go through a whole lot that we don't see. And I guarantee you, we think about and we talk about the suicide rate and things of that nature. Them same individuals are battling the same thing that a lot of us is battling. You know, I've mm-hmm. been years. God, I don't understand why I can't get pregnant. I am less than a woman. And God was like, no, that, that's not it. I just needed you to take care of some things. And just like you said, Solomon, I'm not about to give you a gift of, the, of someone that you're going to take care of for years to come and you ain't even forgave the one that birthed you. Right. Like, I'll be damned if I give you my kid. You right. want my kid? Even, no. Hold you on. You not, my, yeah. my daughter was not for me. Yes. She's my daughter, a birther. However, she has been placed on this earth to do great things beyond measures. And it's not about me, but he right. trusted me enough to raise her. And that's right. one of the things that we do. We raise her to understand forgiveness and to walk in love. So I love her heart. She's this sensitive little kid, but um, I, I love her. I mean, we can apologize to her and she'd be like, it's okay. It's okay. I love you anyway. And I'd be like, oh, I was like, wait. I love you anyway. <laughs> and can I, you I, hold on to that for the next 75 years <laughs> oh please because I, I kid you not yesterday I literally I was in my office and I thought she was playing instead of eating and I was like Janae sit down somewhere and my husband was like that's not her that's me I'm like oh <laughs> and it was like mommy sorry mama thought you was playing she's like it's okay mom it was a mistake you didn't know you thought it was me playing it's all right and I'm like I'm really sorry baby girl she's like mom really it's okay and I'm like Wow. For her to even verbalize that enough to be like, oh, okay, mommy just didn't understand. She's not really angry or, you know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And she was, and she was, she's six. She's six. So, oh my goodness. And she will ask us, mama, are you, are you angry with me? No, but I'm not angry with you. Okay. Okay. I, I'm really sorry. Oh, baby. The emotional intelligence is just. She, right. She's very big about apologies. Um, But I'm going to definitely have to uh, definitely post this book that you're talking about and buy for yeah. myself. You can get it get it on a books. It's kind of it's usually sold out on Amazon or something, and I, you, or you can like download the PDF. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to definitely do that because like, I, I definitely want to have more people talk about the forgiveness. I think this was definitely a good conversation, and I don't Absolutely. think this is the end of this conversation. God placed it on my heart, so I'm forever grateful for you both for speaking and talking with me. Um, Ms. Diane, tell them about your business and what you're doing so they'll know how to also contact you. Oh, sure. But again, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I do appreciate it. And yes, I'm thankful to God that he's using you to use your platform to talk about forgiveness because it's a huge thing. It's bigger than what people think. So it needs to be discussed. So kudos to you for doing that. And again, I am a forgiveness coach who helps divorce Christian women. I Actually, I help divorce Christians because God's just been getting on me about leaving these men out. Yes. We, we can't leave them out. We cannot. We, we cannot leave you. them out because they need it as well. Yeah, and so I'm willing to help them with their journey as well of forgiving and releasing. Because you can't release it unless you forgive. 
Mm. It's not going to go nowhere <laughs> until you forgive. So that's basically what I do. I help them to absolutely do that. And if anyone has any questions on how they can go about just working with me or just being in contact with me, everything starts with a conversation, right? So if you want to have a conversation with me, we can definitely do that. And you can go on to www.coachwithdiane.com. My name is spelled D-I-A-N-N. There's no E on that. So it's coachwithdiane.com. And get on my calendar and let's have a conversation. If you want to email me, you can go ahead and email me. Um, what is it? Coach Diane at newclarified.com. And you can go ahead and send me an email. Let's just have a conversation, have a discussion. Let's just get rid of the, the days of having everything inside. Let's just pull the blanket, pull the veil off of that whole situation, that whole stigma with everything stays in the house. What happens in here stays in here because if there's no healing in there, there's going to be a problem. It's time that we release that and let it out. So if you want to, uh, again, if you want to contact me, reach out to me, uh, have a conversation, www.coachwithdiane.com. If you want to email me, coachdiane at newclarified.com. I am on Facebook and I believe it's uh, LinkedIn at Diane Antley. I'm on Instagram at newclarified. Absolutely. And I'm going to tag and people already know me when I, they're going to see the tag when we, uh, when we post this. So definitely. And Solomon, I know you have a new business that you're doing, you're working on, you're branding yourself. Right. Ooh, that's right. Do that's tell. Tell. I'm excited for it because, um, you know, in, in finding my voice and forgiving and all that and, and choosing not to be stuck in those moments of hurt, um, I've I'm realizing like there are beautiful things about me. Like, you know what? Like, I like that about you self. Like I, I be talking to myself like Issa Rae does on Insecure. It's like, you know what? You're glowing today. This, this is working. Um, so the brand I'm working on is called Original Black Girl. Um, I'm very excited about it. It was birthed out of learning to accept that I am Ethiopian and American. So I'm a first generation born Ethiopian and a lot of first generation immigrants understand the identity crisis that goes into realizing, are you black? Are you African? Are you really African for Ethiopian? Like, are you brown though? How does this work? And then what are the cultural expectations between our parents, between society? So in finding that balance, um, I have birthed this brand. So what I want people to understand is that I found my identity and found the beauty in being a combination of multiple things and that I want people to fill in the blank. You are an original blank girl or original blank guy or what are you? Who, how do you define yourself? Um, so right now I'm, I'm doing a podcast called 10 Minute Topics where I talk about uh, things I struggle with, hurdles of life and how I get through them, that kind of thing. Um, at the moment, you can find me on Instagram at original black girl. The website should be up originalblackgirl.co. Um, there'll be merch and all that jazz there. So my goal is to, my goal is to encourage people to not just embrace who they are, but find the beauty in things that extend past the features. So I had to travel back to Ethiopia to see my roots, to understand where I came from. And I think there's so much power in understanding the history of where you came from. So, I mean, my parents, you know, I, I love them, but there's a lot of like, not secrecy intentionally, but there's a lot of just focus on the future. 
just focus on the future. We're just trying to get progress ahead for the future. And it's like, there's value in knowing where you come from. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited for the podcast that's been, I'm on season two. Um, I'm doing, trying to do like 10 episodes per podcast. Um, if you want to reach out to me, discuss, collaborate, anything of that sort, uh, you can find me at originalblackgirl at gmail.com. Black is going to be spelled B-L-K. Um, and on Instagram at Original Black Girl. So there'll be more to follow with that. Yes, and I'm going to have nice. her to get us that information so we can post it and tag it and go forth. Yes, ma'am. And so again, I definitely thank you ladies. You ladies rock and I am praying for success of your business. I really appreciate you guys on here speaking truth, being honest. And like I said, being vulnerable, just being open. And so I look forward to the growth that you are both First of all, that you display um, coming from crazy backgrounds to where you're at now. And then we know God got some greater things coming for you. So I, I can't wait to just watch that just flourish. So, and to my listeners, you know, as always, I thank you guys for joining us here on I Am Shatoria. You know, you can check us out at our social media at I Am Shatoria, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and then our website, IamShatoria.com, where you're going to find information about this podcast and other upcoming events and shows. Remember that we this is our season two, so you can still check out season one. We are on seven different platforms, so you have many, many ways that you can listen and enjoy us. Trust me, we're not done with February as we are talking about love and everything that can be possibly be done. But as I always tell you, we're going to walk in love. We're going to live fearlessly. And we're going to always have a whole lot of faith and forgiveness. As always, you know, I do not say goodbye. I say see you later. And just like that, I will see you later. Have a blessed one.